Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, I'm Russell Kane. This is Boys Don't Cry. Welcome. It is the show, the space where we gather male guests. It used to be for a pandemic decimated everything we recognise as human. Now it's one male mind. And I interrogate that male mind, along with my own, what's left of it after 25 Ibethas in 10 years, as to what makes men tick. It's a question that's even slightly unfashionable to ask. What are you worrying about men for? Haven't men have enough focus in history? Men don't have a brain anyway. They're just a pump with a meat stick on the end that they put in things. Well, there is something up there, girls. What it's doing, we don't know. And that's why I wanted to create a show where we could go, you know, what do men really think? Because the only thing we know for sure is men, 90% of them, are absolutely awful at communicating what they actually do really think and feel. And for those of you throwing your listening devices across the room and getting, another typical man, it's not enough that feminism had to fight for years just to get heard, now we have to discuss what men think. FYI, angry feminist listener, who might be any gender including neutral, if we don't sort out what's going on with our men's brains, that's one of the main engines that could stall the whole of society. It's linked. So I want to know the answer to the question, does it matter if a man has a six pack? I want to know the answer to the question, why do men like girls' best friends' pictures on Instagram? What, are we cavemen with a boner? I want to know the answers to these questions. Why have men pretend to be older than women in relationships? Why, why, why? And it's not good enough just to ask it in a kind of, I'm on TV, everyone's listening, let me give the correct answer type of way. Let's drill down, ladies, as well, and find out what men really think about some of these wonderful, awful, and intriguing subjects. That's why... It's the biggest surprise for me has been the amount of female listeners to this podcast. I'm going to gamble, and I think it might even be 60-40. Nosy, nosy female ears up to the keyhole wanting to know what's going on. Well, this is a space where you find out some weeks we go heavy, some weeks we go light. This week, I would say we're a bit sciencey, but we've definitely got some light stuff in there. But it's stuff that really affects us. I want to talk about empathy this week. That's what I want to talk about and what 
a panel I have. For those of you who have not listened before, we always have male guests or guests anywhere between one and three. But because it's so easy in this triggerable, offendable society to slip into horrific generalities that could see me cancelled quicker than a two-e break to cause during a pandemic, I make sure I've got a female auditor too. So that if I drift into, well, you know what girls be like, she can go, excuse me, intervention, girls not be like, and we can dig out where my prejudice actually came from, or indeed my guest prejudice. So anyway, who is my male Petri dish of seething emotion and thought and identity politics? It is this week, Radsey, who looks like Hello, I have mate. to fire butter to twice its temperature to get it melt in his mouth. But I'm determined to find some butter <laughs> that will not only melt, but turn rancid in the mouth of Radzi. So Radzi will be helping me pick apart male empathy, why we're stereotypically awful at it. Why we're bi- are we biologically awful at it? Is it society? And to make sure we don't drift into any generalities that need to be stamped on. I'm joined by Mirthmeister General Esther Manito. Hello. Hi, Esther. <laughs> How's life for you at the moment? Zero career, zero prospects, no audiences, nowhere to go? Oh, don't say it. That's my life, so I'm just assuming it's the same. I'm gigging tonight, actually. Are you? Indoors. What? Indoors. How? Yes. For those of you who might be listening in a few months, we are in (laughs) August at the moment, when apparently lockdown's finished and actually work in theatre, in which case it's no different from it being March. (laughs) How comes you're gigging indoors, your virus-spreading demon? Um... It's at top secret. They're doing some kind of... Spaced you're out. allowed indoors. Yeah, spaced yeah. out. From Thursday, you're allowed indoors, won't you? We can now just tell jokes to people sparsely spread around a room, Great. which is ideal. Which was my career beforehand, it? let's be honest. <laughs> a lot. Of, <laughs> it's essentially Edinburgh. There's a lot of stand-ups going, it's going to be so hard performing in an empty room, but I'll get used to it, like <laughs> lying and pretending there was anyone watching their asses before this. <laughs> I mean, I don't have the nickname the plough for nothing. I can plough onto total Fantastic. and utter. Now that nickname could have so many different interpretations couldn't it i mean you wouldn't want to be known as the plow on a girl's holiday would you she just plows through them, <laughs> through them. <laughs> yapping it up like cake i've been offered no. the worthing theater 750 seater capacity and i'm allowed to bring 150 people in gee can't wait to spend those dollar 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 spending my dollar i'm also joined by radzi who will who could probably if there was one cockroach and one nuclear reactor left on work he left on earth he would probably still be presenting the bbc special from outside it with hair and makeup he's always bloody working <laughs> i take he's it always work i'll take he's the always away, working radzi so people i'm sure they do know you're a tv presenter bit blue petrie bit all over the shop doing lots of different stuff over yeah. the shop in a good way i mean you've, you're multifaceted ripped uh people i was quite surprised how ripped i mean how how ripped is a children's tv presenter allowed to get well i've just finished the world snooker championship and so as we well know snooker players are known for their svelte <laughs> physiques and so i was trying to fit into I wouldn't them call really you svelte, mate. But I, I would svelte is what i'm going for the sort of beckham body i would call radzi like if you grabbed a snooker cue it would ram through the green through the table and enter australia with the sheer power of your tricep extension mate i'll take it <laughs> do you know what? it's quite funny because before coming onto here i thought to myself i wonder what we're going to chat about and it kind of made me immediately think i'm really going to be dissecting my own ego <laughs> and actually on the way here i thought you know what, the gym is a big part of that the gym is a big part of that for me about being a man about going to the gym about the rah, feeling feeling good about myself Indeed. in the gym and then whatever that that's projecting onto other people as a result so yeah it's but being on blue peter the thing was that i found out the hard way 
is that they'll give you three days warning from you being in your trunks. Mm. And I had to once do a diving film where mm. I had not been to the gym for a little while. It wasn't cold water as well, because that's the double blow, isn't it? A gut and a, you don't want a gut oh, and, and was... an acorn in the same shot. <laughs> <laughs> the air was cold as oh well. Oh my God, hard, hard, hard nipples, belly, <laughs> acorn, that's the triple. No one wants to do the triple. <laughs> It was a bad day at the office. Anyway, you're, well, we're not talking about body image and muscle. We have done in the past and we will again. So maybe I will tap you up for that. The reason, um, fact, well, obviously, um, Esther, I know you'll be able to talk about this standing on your head as all stand-ups can. I never worry about my stand-up guests. But the reason I'm fascinated with empathy is I worked with Radzi recently. He struck me as a man very much like myself, attuned to the environment, attuned into people's feelings, just a nice guy, really well-rounded, mm -hmm. well-developed. But we know the science doesn't back up Radzi's energy he's putting out, whereas it backs up the energy I'm putting out because I've passed the age where a man's prefrontal cortex stops growing. So whether we like it or not, we're getting off on a controversial foot with empathy because the parts of the brain that process empathy, and let's define terms here, we're not talking about sympathy where you can force yourself to go, oh, imagine, you know, that must be so horrible. Empathy is a, an animalistic instant biological identification with what another human being is feeling straight away. And the part of the brain that grows in men, that processes that to your full capacity, Radzi, will not finish growing for another 10 years. 11 years after a woman's prefrontal cortex and the part that traditionally deals with sympathy develops. Now, that all that might mean is, Radzi, you're going to be virtually Gandhi in 10 years, that you're going to be so, you're going to be so <laughs> lovely, you just keep going. But it, nonetheless, it's a horrible way to start by there is a lot of biological evidence here, Radzi, that men are built to have less empathy until they're in their late 30s, early 40s. Now, no one knows why, because we weren't there back in the day in the savannah when we were evolving. But one would suspect that a few hundred thousand years ago, men in the tribe weren't much used to the tribe if they were like, I would go and beat up that other caveman, but I'm really concerned about his feelings and his family. You know, that that caveman's got feelings too, so let's let him in to steal our food. We wouldn't have lasted very long. We needed the 18-year-old caveman that just wanted to smack the shit out of whatever was approaching the edge of camp. Uh, go, we have developed, unfortunately for our modern society, men with less empathy. What do you think of that horrific That's statement, Radzi? Well, as you were speaking, I was thinking about Tony Benn, and he's one of my favourite politicians, and he spoke about his son, Hillary Benn, and said, Benn's move to the left as they get older, and that would kind of stand Indeed. to reason, that essentially move to the left, more socialistic, arguably, therefore, more caring, more showing, more sympathetic, more empathetic, and so there'd be an empirical example of a political example. But I suppose for me is I grew up uh, mainly with my mum and my sister, and so it was in a female household, and I was at my ex-girlfriend's graduation she was in textiles and it was this really weird show where there was a dripping tap noise it was a green lighting and in the end after about five minutes i ran out of there and i called my mum and i said mum i said i don't know what to tell you i said i've just run out of this exhibition oh, it was really weird it was probably freaking me out and she said yeah it doesn't surprise me and i said what do you mean she said you've always been really sensitive to your surroundings mm. and i said and that, i was probably 23 when she said that and that really kind of knocked me for six. And I wonder if that is, so she taught men, well, she works in mental health, has done for the, so for the NHS for 45 years. I wonder if it's that. I wonder if it's being brought up around women. I wonder if it's being in a single parent household. 
I wonder if it's kind of, I, I guess for me is an identity thing where, so mixed race guy. So if I go to Zimbabwe, I don't look like my dad's family. If I go to Scotland, I definitely don't look like her family. If I'm, I've never been, I'm, I live in Wolverhampton. I don't sound like Thank I'm God, Wolverhampton. That's, 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 not, um, that's not a negative thing, Redsy. Come on, you that's extremely positive. No, because I, if you're being honest with you, that's all I'd like it. I would like it. <laughs> but yeah, so I wonder if it's me looking from yeah. outside in and that's kind of what's possibly given me some... Okay, so let's... Feeling. I mean, you and I clearly aren't typical men who would I'd probably sit and like sob to a, a random taxi driver at my innermost workings in fact I've monetized that into a career as a stand-up but the but the notion <laughs> that the actual figures that came out of this research I mean I pulled it from the Daily Telegraph but this research has been done over and over again roughly around the age of well, the actual precise age is 32 years for a woman across the globe all the parts of the brain installed empathy ready they're there it takes men up to the age of 43 some countries don't even have life expectancy of 43 right yeah do you not find that a bit like i hate saying that i like to think i'm like it's a, dead uh, dead before empathy yeah. sets in i'm gonna show you love next year where oh, he's died for christ's sake just, just <laughs> one year where he wasn't an arsehole i'm gonna fully understand what's been pissing you off where, go on uh, esther esther we need to jump in is this your experience of blokes um, have you found men to become more empathetic <laughs> as you get older and easier I, to deal with? I mean, with? I haven't, no, I haven't dated men that are younger because I'm married. I've been married like for about a billion years, uh, but I do have a son and a daughter and it is weird looking at them and you just think, God, there are things that are just really instinctive. And I would say, because just listening to you, Radzi, I was thinking, oh, I can't imagine that kind of sensitivity because my my girl is like that. She's so aware and she can just read things and go, oh, this is, you know, let me just chameleon like my... And how old is she? So she's seven, but she's totally like aware of other people and how things may be perceived. Whereas my son's just like, yeah, like I'm just going to bulldoze through and whatever happens, happens. And both of which have obviously their positives um, and negatives. But it's funny... When we talk about empathy, I guess it is that thing of mixing it up with sympathy. Because empathy, you've got to really be able to put yourself yeah. in that position. And I think that you then therefore have to have some connection to it. Mm. But it's easy. I think sympathy is easier to operate intellectually. So my daughter is four. The, the part of the apparatus that makes her genuinely give a shit in her heart about someone else just isn't there. Four-year-olds are all like Ted Bundy. They don't give a fuck yeah. and they want to kill. But, <laughs> oh, my God. I, that's, I literally compared my son to Ted Bundy right, the other day. But like, she psychotic. completely and utterly is able to iterate now. That wouldn't be fair. I, that would make that person sad. But yeah. she's do, that's what I call having sympathy. So I can yeah. have sympathy with anyone, but empathy where you get that little burn of the heart and you want to reach out, all the research suggests that, that that sort of out of body where your body jumps out and you jump into someone else, the mirror neurons, if for the nerds listening, are the ones that do it. It's the, So there's neurons in the brain. They're the same ones that make you mirror each other's body language in a conversation. So if we were in a room now, oh, if only, but if we were, and I crossed my arms and Radzi crossed his arms, you might cross your arms as well. So we, we'd all sit back. We'd all sit back at the same time. It's the thing human okay. beings have done for millennia to survive, mirror each other, to chill each yeah, other yeah. out, to our superiors, to make our inferiors feel comfortable, just to get along with people we fancy, people we hate, to feel more comfortable. And those mirror neurons also can work on an inter intellectual level. Um, 
And that's where empathy really starts. When you're involved, the neurons in your brain, someone cuts their finger and you actually feel that, oh, but you're not, you feel it, like it turns your stomach, you feel it in your arm, it's not your cut. But then when you start to do that emotionally, with fidelity, gentlemen, with how you're speaking to your lady, would you like to be spoken to like that? That's when it becomes super mirror neuron empathetic. And all the evidence suggests is blokes just don't get it until they get into their 30s. Do you think that's, I wonder, so sorry, sorry, I have to no, go no, ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. It's, we're all just seeing so much empathy now, it's lovely. Um, <laughs> is I wonder if it's a sort of symptom of not being an alpha mm. male in that scenario, because thinking about the kind of the scenario that you set up, if you're an alpha in a tribe, as we would have been, say, a thousand mm -hmm. years ago, or even longer ago, then well, actually, actually having Actually, last summer, Ibiza. That's a tribe you would not want to join. <laughs> Trust me. Silver fur right down the back. <laughs> sorry, crack on. <laughs> yeah, if you if you were like pure alpha, you're the leader, you're the tribal chief. Actually, having empathy is the precise wrong implements and tools mm. to have. You're meant to be leading. You're not meant to feel pain. You're not meant to really care what individuals think and experience emotionally. It's about moving forward, getting food, defeating enemies, um, kind of stopping predators entering your your area, whatever it might be. So I wonder if it's if kind of originally if it's something to do with the notion of almost neanderthalically if it's that i'm not an alpha and therefore genetically i'm predisposed to assimilation and affiliation rather than i guess annihilation in some respects because you're annihilating and your the one that yes 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 but Esther, again, there's more evidence that this chieftain idea, it loses a little bit of credence when we look at men's empathy improving as they get older. And if you think someone further up the food chain in a family tends to be older. So the head of your family might be, well, I'm from a working class background, so it's always women and the men just sod off when the babies are three months old. But if you're lucky enough to come from a family <laughs> with dads and uncles that hang around and don't go on holiday with Her Majesty now and again, um, you you tend to find the granddad will be the head of the family. Well, who's the one who suddenly starts crying and having feelings when he's in his 70s? Granddad. And the reason is testosterone decreases empathy. So we're back well, that, we're back to men having less empathy when they're younger, Estimanita. Well that was no, but that was funny because like with both my with both bringing my kids home from the hospital, I brought both the babies home and both times it was all the men sat sobbing around these babies <laughs> whilst me and my mother in law and my mum were like Oh, we'll just go make a cup of tea while you're all just in there like... <laughs> Hang on a second. So, I'm just... Esther, can I ask what your cultural background is then? Because it's very unusual for British men to let go. Like my, my uncles and my, my granddad now is in his, his mid-80s, late 80s, and my great uncle, so my nan's older brother, they now have the eyes filling up for the first time ever with emotion. Up till then, they're working class Gary's. They weren't actually called Gary's. So, but, but I'm married. Yeah, I'm married to a working class English guy. My family are, are Middle Eastern, but um, all the men, it's just every time something happens in the family, my husband, my brother-in-law, my father-in-law just sob. Ah, that's interesting. Just, and it's always me and my mother-in-law just being like, oh, well, we'll just go. I mean, literally, first time we saw them after lockdown, I just popped upstairs to go to the toilet, came back down. They're all just sat in the living room sobbing. I was like, I've been gone a minute. Like, Are you putting estrogen in the tea? <laughs> <laughs> They've all got massive breasts. <laughs> they certainly make tits of themselves regularly. Hey. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, the, so this, we all know this idea that these, have you got any older men in your family, um, Radzi, that were like bulletproof when they were younger and have shown a softer side as they've got older? Because this is chemi- chemically in line with what we would observe with male brains. Yeah, so my granddad, who's long time passed away now, he lost his leg in the Second Bloody World hell. War. And according to my mum's brother, that was his only son, he was just as hard as nails. And he had prosthesis that was so rudimentary back then. So he died in the early noughties, but he, it was just almost this rock solid prosthetic leg. And he was in pain every day, you wouldn't know it, but he, and I think his place in society was slightly lost because when he came back from the war, like so many men that were ultimately disabled, they were just forgotten about. And his first job that was offered by the government was to clean the toilet. That was it. It was going to be a toilet cleaner. And not there's anything wrong no, with it's that. It's not fucking heroes welcome, I is think it? Preci- precisely that. And um, I think when he had his daughter, my mum, so he came from the product of um, obviously man and woman, but they both lost their respective uh, husbands and wives. And then the, the local priest said, right, you woman have now no husband, so you have no source of income, but you do have children. You man have no wife, so you have source of income, but no ability to bring up these children that you have. So you're just going to go together, basically. And then they had two children. That was my that was my granddad and his sibling. I'm not sure if it's a boy or girl. And so he was the result of quite a loveless family, and then resentment from either side in terms of the siblings. And so his big thing when he had kids was he wanted to show them love. And so I think there was two entities going on. There's what you're talking about, that kind of predisposition to the reduction of testosterone, thus the increase of empathy. Mm. But I think actually a real ambition that he wanted his daughter and his son to feel love, to feel things that perhaps he didn't growing up. And so subsequently, my mum then works in mental health for 45 years. I don't think that's a coincidence. Mm. And my mum spent so much time with me when I was younger, before nursery, before school. And so we've got a rock solid relationship. But I think I've had so much time with somebody saying, every dinner time was all about how do you feel? How was your day today? And so what that why? would speak to is obviously it's nature and nurture. We're not born as these genetic clones that are going to do certain things at certain ages. It's just research. But I do truly believe that early life training can reverse some of these stereotypes. They're not destiny. That's just what we're working with. As Esther, what do you think about them? Some of these statements are very controversial. I realize this. And this is by the neuroscientist Simon 
Baron Cohen, yeah. I like no, that's that's the brother. He's <laughs> his brother though. It is Sasha Baron Cohen. I, is it? It's oh, Simon Baron Cohen. He found in a study that, I mean, I, I just just start trolling now, yeah, guys, before I finish the sentence, that women have brains hardwired for empathy. This does not mean that men can't be more empathetic than women. It's just that if we that there seems to be some evidence provided by Simon Baron Cohen, not me, um, that women are, hard, are more built for this. So maybe in our past, that was more traditionally what happened. So you've got more kit that's set up for it. Does that just sound like something from the 1970s, Esther? Or, or how uncomfortable does that statement make you feel? It doesn't make me feel uncomfortable at all. Oh, cool. Um, you can come back. Uh, <laughs> you can come back. <laughs> cool. I don't know. That kind of makes sense in a way. I was watching something the other day which said that women, there is no stronger bond than between a mother and her daughter. And I was like, isn't that interesting that it's not with her son? And but, oh my god, based on what you're saying, the whole the whole psychology of it was that that girls and women are have this level of empathy, which means that they can connect a lot quicker. Yeah. So mothers and sons, or fathers and sons, or brothers and sisters, they they take a little bit more nurturing. They have to kind of understand how each other work. And I do I do kind of I there is something in me that that kind of understands that. Whether I don't, and it's funny that you were saying, Radzi, about your grandfather and he never showed emotion. I never saw my dad cry, ever. I've never, like, I never saw him cry. And then uh, he's from Lebanon. There was that explosion in Beirut recently. And yeah. he turned around and cried. And literally, it was just this kind of like, we'll just wait for that to end. Because yeah. nobody knew how to react to it. And I was like, well, don't, like, and we're just sat there like, well, don't cry. And my husband's like, well, let him cry. Like, oh, don't start the, your bloody really, husband yeah. his dad off again. For fuck's sake. Can only just, <laughs> they just stop in. crying after reunion. Uh, they were like, we need to go to the toilet together. Yeah, bro, um, you don't never know. He's like, oh, you're him crying. Get your brother out. <laughs> Um, just like oh god you were the one man who didn't cry and there's more there's a bit more really a real simple experiment i mean just next time you're out just and you and you're you're sort of having a quiet moment everyone else is interacting just wait for someone to yawn and you'll be able to repeat this experiment anecdotally when a uh, a woman yawns or so when a woman sees a yawn if the yawn comes from a friend or someone she's connected to she's more <laughs> esther's yawning as i said it uh, i know i just like to swallow it yeah, esther, esther is more like esther is more likely to yawn even the rad as lovely as radzi is you are less likely to yawn just because you've seen a friend and family which would suggest women are packing more mirror neurons the ones that build the building blocks of empathy than men not all of us there's going to be super empathetic men and stone cold serial killer women we know that but we have to we've only got an hour just let us off the freaking hook people we're talking about interesting shit uh, that in that experiment mostly a woman's more likely to copy a yawn now that is a the most pure way i can prove some of the stuff i'm controversially restating here what do you think of that little experiment Red? I, I kind of that doesn't surprise me at all really and if i was again going to be stereotypical and dare i say possibly misogynistic <laughs> is amongst my peers when any of my male friends are shown a baby, our knee-jerk reaction is back off, hands to torso, because I do not want to hold that thing. I don't know how to. <laughs> Whereas it's like they, the, my female friends have received a lesson that I was away from. <laughs> so true. Because it's, oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, it's so beautiful, isn't it? And just seem to just know and hook their arm in the right place. I think, what is that all about? And then 
you just have blokes who then just feel entirely mm. useless. And whether it is bottle feeding, and even one of my best friends, when he had his uh, son Mika, I remember he gave me Mika for the first time, and he got him and his very recently pregnant wife, Sarah, um, other way around, recently birthed, Sarah, if you like. Recently birthed. How did you say someone's just had a kid? I like that. It's a, a real bitchy way of just it. describing an age discrimination. Is she younger than him? Let's just say she's recently birthed. <laughs> Sarah, I'm so sorry if you're listening to me. Um, a new mother. Oh, she was a new mother. Thank you. A very new mother. And so he said, right, leave. And he said, the reason afterwards, he said, I knew how you were going to be feeling. You would feel like you couldn't do anything right. And you'd be worried about hurting. He said, and you obviously would have been fine. But all you wow. need is sort of 10 minutes to go, ah, okay, I've got it now. But like I say, that lesson, I feel like, certainly for myself, I feel like I missed that. And all the people that I've seen that are natural are invariably either pre-existing parents or if they never had a kid. It's With females them. that just there's something, and it's not even the dead. stereotype of women and child rearing. It's it's the mir- able, more able to mirror and imagine that emotional journey. You've seen it with childbirth, but I bet it ha- happens with other things, where the, a woman in the room is more likely to go. I get how that person feels, even though I've never experienced it myself. But let's let's muddy the water because the theory is starting to feel a little bit tidy here. So blah blah blah. Yeah, who would want to be with a nice, empathetic man, right? Esther, who would want to be with a bloke that knows how you feel, that's kind, generous? Explain this to me then. Why do women want to bang men that aren't most of the freaking time throughout the whole of my 20s? The nicer I became, the more the nicer I became, the more of a virgin I became. And then like Terry round the corner. You know what? I've fucking been in prison. I will let you down and I will fuck your mate. And that was it. You'd be getting laid all day long. Help. I know. It's really weird. Help. All my nerd friends listening. I don't know. I don't know, and I have this all the time with my female friends because I feel like you know I'm married to a man who sobs all the time. Exactly. So I've, I've, I'm with this nice person <laughs> who's very, very sweet, yeah. uh, but I don't understand. I don't know. Is it? I, I was I was thinking about this. Oh my god, I was thinking about this like yesterday. I was like, there is something because I saw these guys on the tube and they were really perving at every single woman that walked past, but they were like seventy five, and I was like, <laughs> that's mental. <laughs> That's really mental. Like these, you know, it's hot and women are wearing, you know, shorts and stuff. And they're like, bleh, bleh, bleh. Oh, just carry the story on. Like... Just two more minutes, Esther. Just two more minutes. Oh, fuck. We'll be back after this short break. <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. Well, look, I'll just pause. Which your... is now my new Could job. Just... It's just describing porn. Yeah. Hold, your ex- hold your exact thought, Esther Manito, there, because I want to hear the end of that, that bit. But it's my favourite Boys Don't Cry statistical fact for those that haven't heard it the decade of a man's life where he's most likely to stray from a long-term relationship his 70s and that is statistical not his 20s not his 30s the one last darwinian burst of dust from the aging dick anyway (laughs) carry on so it's not as not as weird as you might think but carry on well i mean i think it's a bit weird when you're like in your 70s and you're perving at women in their 20s like do you do you genuinely think that that girl's going to turn around and be like i love (laughs) i bet your scrotum hits the floor when you take your chance thinner the thinner the ball sack and i was so close to just saying to these guys like what are you doing what are you doing and then i started thinking about it and i was like you would never ever get a group of women of any age but particularly that age 
making it very clear that they're perving on somebody and, and enjoying seeing that young lad uncomfortable. And I was like, what is that? And but wouldn't it be nice if women did that for a year just to teach men no, a lesson? No, it would Just to teach men it a lesson. Wouldn't. It'd be really weird. No, if a bunch of 70-year-old... Like, oh, sorry, son. No, sorry, a bunch love. of 70-year-old women was like, <laughs> we are the Equality Army. And for one year, all women in their 70s will openly perv on young men to correct them for later in life. Yeah, but Russell, those young men would just turn around and be like, "Way!" I don't think they would. I don't think an eighteen-year-old lad, when he saw four eighty-year-old grannies going, "Come and dip it in my sherry glass, you dirty bastard!" <laughs> I do not think he would roll with that punch, Estimanita. I think. You're... <laughs> How low is my opinion? I'm like, no, he'd love it. Ben, would you? Would you risk? Would you risk calling that bluff? Come and tout me up, love. Then roll me in the shape. No thanks. She could be real. And then I realise it's because, like, w women are kind of pre... Um, we're so subconsciously... Um, oh, what's the word? I can't speak anymore. I've been locked in a house with children. Predisposed. Well, the, yeah, predisposed. The, the, the empathy like, protects kind of... you from making someone feel that uncomfortable. You're... No, I, I, no, it's the fact that women are going, I, I have to be objectified. That's yes. what I need to find sexy. I have to be the one that, that men want to kind of be more dominating over when it's that whole thing of like why don't women go for the nice guy because we're supposed to, we've we've been conditioned to kind of go well that's not attractive it's what's attractive is for us to yeah. be um the kind of almost the kind of just assistant to his life he needs to be the main feature and we just need to be the sideshow and, awful, and without it? that that's that's not attractive and whether that's come from social conditioning or whether that is something which is biological i don't know i'd like to think it's social conditioning and i'd like to think that we can condition, which is what my entire Edinburgh show is about next year. It got cancelled this oh, hello. year. Hello. But I'd like to. We hope. Hello. We hope. COVID well, 20 yeah. hasn't been made yet. Ooh, ooh. We'll see. <laughs> Wait till COVID 20 is released. It's going to fucking much better, much more efficient. <laughs> COVID, try Lolvid, which is uh, what the festival will be next year. That's but, a good name um, for a show, you know, Lolvids. I'll just call it, I think there's going to be quite a few shows about yeah. Corona, don't you? Yeah, I think so. it is catchy. After the. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a catchy thing. Oh, make it. <laughs> no, but Esther, like, everything you're saying is absolutely we'll fantastic, and we'll probably come into the other subject. But you still haven't answered the question: Why does the why does the majority of women in their twenties that I know, i.e., from a working class background, and the ones on the telly, want to bang Gaz from Geordie Shore, and not someone who's bloody good at Dungeons and Dragons? Thank you very much. Because what I just said, they, they're conditioned to feel that they need to be objectified. So they want to go for that kind of alpha male because it's not you're not supposed to feel attractive. You're not supposed to feel attracted, sorry, to men who are more empathetic. You're supposed to feel attractive to men who just want to tell you to fuck off. Apparently. See, I wonder if there's an element of a taboo. Because if you've got a geezer who's like the Geordie Shaw classic guy, um, externally he ticks every box but what we're talking about in terms of and, like, and often internally at the end of the night as well we carry on <laughs> how was he well internally he ticked my boxes <laughs> i feel freshly burned <laughs> give me a cushion i had a wicked night <laughs> Sorry, Radsy, sorry. Sorry, Radsy, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's just the idea that it's something external. It's about gratifying the external rather than the internal. You can't see, if you like, a nice book. Is it? You can't see an empathetic Come on, Rad. Is it, is it, are we letting people off the hook here? Is it there's something sexy about being a caveman going, get in the van? Like, some women just find that a turn on. Get, I don't want it to be true. Get in the van! But, <laughs> 
I don't I don't <laughs> want it to be true and I'm not I'm not happy about it but sometimes some things are like I don't want to hear tall dark and handsome every time I switch on Love Island because I'm five foot ten that ain't never going to change I can't stretch myself I'm five ten and no, I even even when the 20th wave of feminism hits in 400 years women are still going to fancy guys that are six foot one and that fucks me off do you know what? Roam the streets, just going Fair. get in the van. What? That's a chat up line in Essex. That's a chat up line in Essex. Can I buy you a drink? Yeah, right. Get in the van. <laughs> is it about being king alpha know. then? So, as in, women wanting someone who's an alpha? Because those things that you're espousing there only work if you are an alpha. So, like you're saying about being. So, I think the tall, dark, and handsome thing comes from the fact of being an alpha. And and let's say if you are five foot six and you can't be any taller you can get on the gear and you can make yourself physically bigger you can be you can be more debaucherous yep. you can be more um espousing of those behaviors that mean i'm louder and i'm going to make more of a yeah, scene yeah. of myself i.e suggesting of an alpha so i wonder if it's guys trying to be an alpha to attract i guess subliminally women because subtly or uh, to use your word before we're predisposed to like pe people at the top of the food chain. Yeah, but do you know what's just interesting? I've just thought about that. We go on, I and mean, maybe it's like a protection thing, but why is it that you, there's this thing of like somebody who can physically protect and physically look after and yet treats you like shit? I, that's what I don't understand. I know so many, well, I have to be careful here because lots so of my family and like friends going, listen to the show, yeah. but so many women I know basically just gave away between age 21 to 33 when exactly that worship the ground yeah. they walked on the guy on the yeah. surface loved them the more they treated them like shit the more they seem to fall in love yeah. that blows my mind yeah. so a guy completely yeah. devoid of empathy stays out misses birthdays fat, like chats up your mate and uh, like shows you up and yet doesn't tell doesn't fuck him off and leave him seems to get more attractive there's a miswiring in the neanderthal part of the woman's brain from back in the day where that must have been He's attractive is that He's what it is loathing it's just going i'm so i'm so nothing that if he just even shows me a smidgen of interest i'll i'll take that i'll right. take that and then it's that whole treat and mean keep him keen thing I mean, it comes from something you know i kind of beg to differ slightly because i kind of think that we've all got these subliminal check boxes and we prioritize them and so let's take the classic wag so you have a classic footballer and a classic wag invariably for the man, it's sexual gratification. For the for the woman, it might be um, financial security. And so, and therefore, as long as that man continues to remunerate that amount of money, then he will maintain that position. As long as she continues to look that certain way and allows him to philander away, then that she will maintain that position. And so, and they, that will make them happy. The problems start when the footballer retires and the money's no longer coming in or the woman reaches a certain age and she no longer has that, if you like, appeal to him or the sexual gratification or the choice he wants. If you went back to 1985 and went, it's still this way in 2020, I think people would just top themselves in 1985. It seems like something from a Margaret fucking yeah, Atwood novel, what you've just described, and yet you're completely on the money. Yeah, because I, I wonder with some observing certain people is, I think the same can be true with, People might just want somebody that makes them laugh. You want somebody that you can connect with, somebody that you can trust, somebody, and you've got all these priorities. And for different people, it's different things. I think problems start when they the two don't marry up metaphorically. And where what a, a bloke wants is something totally different to what the female is expecting in return and vice versa. Or it could be within a homosexual relationship as well. And so, yeah, and I think there's, that that's part of that 
um, description that you kind of adumbrated there about the whole the geezer being that classic if i'd call them an arsehole and then the woman actually wanting because she's getting that physical protection and the more he espouses those things the more protected she feels and whatever it is that he's getting from her i don't know what that is that's to me is the conundrum actually more so than what she's getting from him well guys we'll just stop you there that's the end of part one and i'm identifying with everyone's feelings and working out that they could do with a break and rejoining us in part two here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.